welcome to Thank double so coverage with so to, to welcome you the right way. I get the swag. We're not we're not in my basement, we're in Miami, <laughs> but you get I the it. I survived Dev's basement. Thank you, fellas. That's awesome. Welcome appreciate to the podcast. That. What's up everybody? Special edition double coverage. What's where, where are we at? Palm trees? Yeah, where? man. We Miami! We're in Miami. It's Super Bowl week. Unfortunately, we will not be playing on Sunday. Is this like the first time in your career that you won't be playing in the Super Bowl? Not the first time, but I've been there five five out of ten years. Literally flying up here on the plane, like people have said, I flew from Boston, and people were like, oh, I'm so mad you got, like, how does it feel not to? I said, well, this is what I'm more accustomed to, coming <laughs> down here, flying on a regular plane, just seeing what all the festivities You were like, basically, about. I've been a slap my whole career. Yeah, you know, last year was special edition. Just so you guys know, we're at the MAPS back out. They're getting ready here. There's Maps, a back lot. Back lot. Yes, I got you. Back out, back lot, but it's back lot. Thank yeah. you. But that's where we're at. They're getting ready for an in the know bowl. And if you don't know what in the know bowl, I'm going to get you in the know. Call of Duty tournament going on tomorrow, Friday, leading up to Super Bowl. Going to be a ton of NFL players here. It's going to be got, a good well, you time. You got Leonard Fournette. You got Keenan Allen. Yeah, Todd uh, Gurley, a bunch of guys. Devontae, I mean, for one, it's way too many offensive guys. Yeah. Uh, they said Landon Collins, too. So, a defensive guy will probably win it. It's Call of Duty. You got to, you know what I mean? So, we'll see how it goes. But there's a lot going on in the back. We got trucks pulling up. We're wheeling stuff in. That was I, a big excuse I, I saw someone carrying a missile. It's, it's gonna go down tomorrow. Well, I hope not. Well, it's a fake missile. Okay, yeah. We got a special guest coming up too in a little bit. Uh, but first, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, what went down over the last few days with the passing of uh, Kobe Bryant and eight other uh, people on a helicopter uh, on a helicopter crash in uh, California. Uh, very devastating loss. You know, uh, Kobe's daughter uh, Gianna was lost as well. Um, uh, one of her teammates, Alyssa, with her uh, mom and dad, John and Carrie, then Sarah Chess and her daughter, Peyton, uh, Christina Master, who was a coach, and then uh, Ara Zabian, who was a pilot. So uh, nine victims in total, uh, just a, a devastating loss. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that, like, everyone will remember what they were doing, where they were at yeah. when they got the news. Like, I was actually sitting down talking uh, to the next great college football coach at Rutgers University, Greg Shiano, and we were sitting there talking probably for 30, 45 minutes, and, like, my phone kept buzzing. I looked down, I'm like, oh, dang, I got a bunch of text messages. Um, and then former teammate Ron Giroux comes in. We finished talking, and then as we're leaving, he's like, hey, did you see? I was like, did I see what? He's like, oh, you probably wasn't checking your phone. He's like, yo, Kobe Bryant just died. And I was like, bro, I was like, what are you talking about? And like, I, I was in a rush because I had to leave. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And I pull up all the texts on my phone. And I'm like, what? And I'm yeah. thinking like, it's and probably it, a fake news cycle. Like something happened And it was wasn't sad real. because when you see it, um, TMZ broke it before his wife was Terrible. contacted. Uh, there were so many stories online. Um, different people was there that weren't there but it's just a uh, I think a, a tough loss you know for us obviously we grew up our father passed away at a young age and uh, when you think about this story and you think about Kobe not going to be able to be there uh, for his daughter now who's 17 who's getting ready to graduate high school to be able to see her off to college uh, another set of parents uh, they had two other kids that now don't have a mom and dad lost a sister um, it was just very devastating um, uh, the Chester, uh, I can't remember, uh, but one of the husbands went on and was just talking about the loss of his wife. Yeah. And now uh, I think they had two or three kids. So uh, for me, it really hit home because it was just like, man, this is the loss of parents. And actually being a kid who grew up without a father who had passed away and that absence that you always have to go on life with and not knowing 
kind of entirely what you're missing at whatever phase in life. Uh, it was just very sad, and it was just, I think, tough on everybody. And like you said, Kobe meant so much to so many people. If it was just from watching his basketball game, seeing the tenacity, what he played with, his work ethic, or for the few people uh, throughout his life that got a chance to be around him and uh, be touched by him. So it was just a tough yeah, loss. Yeah, and I thought it was it was dope by L. Duncan on ESPN talked about him being a girl dad mm -hmm. um, and him sharing that with her, how amazing it was. Um, and I know for us, like when he came and spoke to the team and you – you raise your hand and he was like, hey, like, how do you deal with being at home and, and juggling, being a great basketball player? And he talked to, talked to us about bringing the energy that you bring every day to work to be great at your whatever your profession is, taking that home and making sure your wife, your kids, everyone at home is a part of your journey. Yeah. Um, and that's what to me was so sad. Like when I heard the news, I was like, dang, like you don't usually get that sad over someone you don't really know. But like for someone to drop something like that on you, and I've thought about that so many days after yeah. he told us that, uh, it was just very sad. And he chased greatness for so many years, and now this is the time of all right. I've chased greatness, I've it. achieved Remember? it, and now this is the time for he my was like, family. He was like, I don't give up what those first 20 years are. These next 20 years are going to really show exactly. people. So exactly. it was, it was very sad. Man. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even when he came and talked to us, his psyche and how he approached the game. He was like a psychopath when it came to I mean, basketball. I mean, he was basically cursing us out as he was talking. And that was what was so impressive. Uh, he remember, I remember him talking about playing against Allen Iverson, and Allen Iverson just killing him the first uh, time he played against him. And the next time, he said he studied him for months. Read what? every book, every article, yes. every watch every documentary. Beyond film, beyond watching film of him and basketball stuff, was just uh, he wanted to know about his psyche. And he said the game he played him, every time he got a chance, he'd punch him when the ref wasn't looking, or he'd slap him, do, do something to him to agitate him. And every time he complained to the ref, he said he could just tell he was, he was getting, getting into his mind. Yeah. But man, and he just, the way he approached the game and uh, how crazy his love and his passion was for basketball was very, very impressive. Yeah, we'll be talking about him forever, man. A, a legend in basketball and I would say just a legend of our whole generation. Yeah. Uh, anybody that was who grew up in the Kobe Bryant era. Who had the five-second countdown and was doing the fadeaway saying, Kobe? Yeah. <laughs> so, for sure, man, he'll be missed. Um, in other Patriot news, uh, Dante Scarnecchia is retiring again. Um, tough, you know, for me, 10 years there and, and Scar being a part of those years. Um, he had a relationship with guys that wasn't just on the offensive line. Like, he was relatable to everyone, always cool, and he would always yell stuff out in the meeting. Like, Bill would be like, <laughs> we punted the ball 20 yards. My 90-year-old grandmother could do that. And Scar would be on the back, laying down, doing crunches, and be like, no, she can't. And everybody in the back of the mirror room would start laughing. He just had a fearless mindset. So uh, Scar will definitely be missing that locker room. Scar, 36 NFL seasons, 34 with the New England Patriots. Do you know who, what, the, what other team did he go coach for for two years? Is it the Naval Academy or is it in the NFL? NFL. Detroit Lions? Indianapolis Colts. The coach that left New England went there. He went coach with him for two years and then came right back to New England. So, like you just said, my, my uh, experiences with Scar in the short two seasons I've been there, just when you're a corner, you don't have a relationship with, with your old line, with the old line coach. You just don't talk to him. But every time you pass Scar or he'd walk in the cafeteria and he'd see you there, 
he'd come up to you and he'd have a conversation with you. And I just know from talking to the offensive linemen, they always talked about, man, Scar just cares about One guys, guys, man. He knows how many kids you have, the ages mm -hmm. of your kids. He knows your wife's name. Like, he genuinely cares about the guys he's coaching. And um, after playing in the league uh, 11 years, that's not very often that you get coaches that genu genuinely care about you outside of football. So Scar will definitely, definitely be missing the building. Uh, his bright smile and uh, his energy that he always maybe, has. Maybe he'll start up like an offensive line camp. Guys will pay. I mean, he's produced so many great offensive linemen that they'll just be like, hey, man, Scar, teach us for an hour for two weeks out of the offseason, and we'll pay you X amount of dollars. So, Scar, I know you're retiring, but go get that money, man. Yeah, start you, up. Or let me, let me like, start it up, and he'll give me 10%. Nah, Scar's a smart dude. I don't think he needs you on his team. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> It's tough. We got to see Scar go, but at the same time, we're going to move right along. We got a special guest, a guy that you've played against multiple, multiple times. Uh, he's now enjoying the other side of I it. I would say I had, I had better moments from those games than he did. He made, well, I guess he probably won't be able to argue that, but he's had some really good moments. So we're going to bring Mark Sanchez up here and special get a chance guest. to talk to him. We got Mark Sanchez here. For you guys that don't know, this guy, um, Fifth overall pick, 2009 draft. I only know that because I was in the same class. Yeah. He went fifth. I went 203rd. So <laughs> I waited a little bit longer than he did. But this guy was the fourth rookie quarterback in NFL history to win his first playoff game, second rookie quarterback in NFL history to win his first two, and then Sanchez and Ben Roethlisberger, the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to reach the conference championship game in their first two seasons, man. Welcome. To Thank double so coverage much. with to, right. I get to, to welcome you the right way. I get the swag. We're not we're not in my basement. We're in Miami, <laughs> but you get I the. It. I survived Dev's basement. Thank you, fellas. That's awesome. Welcome to the that. podcast, Very man. Good. Thank you, man. I was doing some reading about you. So they said when you were growing up, your dad, um, the mental approach to everything mm -hmm. was huge. So he'd have you be dribbling the basketball, but then asking you school-like questions or yeah. doing batting practice, it asking was, you about chemistry and, it was, and periodic tables. Dude, it was um, everything was uh, a test. Everything was trying to prepare me for something bigger, and not mm. necessarily football, but for life. Mm. And um, one of my favorite stories, like we'd shoot free throws, and you couldn't go inside to make ten. He'd grab the ball, throw it across the yard, and make me run over and get it. When I had to make the 10th one, you know, I'd make nine in a row, and then the 10th one, he'd say, let me see the ball, and just throw it. I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> well, go get go it get and it. come back, see if you can make the 10th one, mm -hmm. you know, just to change things up, or right when I'm about to shoot, whoa, timeout, timeout, hold on. You're over the line, or whatever. Just, just, just to mess something. with you, you yeah. know? Um, and then one of my other favorites for public speaking, not to eventually talk to tough media in New York, or double coverage um he would make me you know at the end of um little league games or at the end of the little league season and you know njb basketball and all that you give the coach an award like a cheesy little trophy and a gift card to applebee's or whatever well he'd make me go up and give a speech in front of the whole team before you say you know coach johnson thank you so much for your time your effort thank his wife you know he'd make sure i went and found all this information out mm -hmm. on behalf of you know the South Orange County Little League Rockies. We want to thank you for boom. Still, like, well, still well prepared. Yeah, I was just like, dang, you know, this is terrible. I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. I'm nervous. I'm embarrassed. And then it just became something I did. Once you do something, whether it's riding a bike or doing a press conference get or whatever, you just get used to it. Yeah, and that sure. was that was the goal. He never 
did it to make sure I was a fifth overall pick yeah. or anything like that. But all that kind of stuff falls in line. So, you know, at the time I hated it, but I'm so appreciative now because it's uh, it's really prepared me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, your brother did a lot of training for you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, preparing you to be a quarterback yep. and everything of that nature. Uh, what was that like for you guys' relationship as you continued so, and made it pro and all of that? Yeah, so my brother Nick and my older brother Brandon, my middle brother, uh, so Nick's 14 years older than me, Brandon's eight years older than me, same parents. And so Nick was, you know, at Yale University playing football, quarterback, writing his, you know, thesis. My brother Brandon's in high school going to senior prom and I'm like playing with action figures, like <laughs> X-Men and stuff. So we were so spread out yeah. and so different. But everything I did, I would see there in the office where I do my homework or whatever at home. It was all their plaques, all their medals, mm. all their banners, all their ribbons, all their jerseys, helmets, everything from high school, college, you know, all their accomplishments. And it was school accomplishments, sports accomplishments. And so that was like the Hall of Fame to me. I was working every day there. And all I could do, all I could think about before games and all that was I need to get my stuff on the wall. Like I gotta make the wall. I gotta, the first thing before cell phones, we would call my, my brother would call home from Yale from a pay phone, you know, once a week, every couple of days. And the first thing, I mean, my dad's on the phone asking about school and he's like the first one in our family to go to college mm. and all this and he's at Yale, he just blows it out of the water. So we're all just in awe of him. And I'm just like grabbing the phone, like, Nate, I scored 30 points in a basketball <laughs> game. You know? I'm like 12 years old, you know, 10 years old. Hey, I, I did this, or mm -hmm. I got an A on my math test, or I got a 95 mm -hmm. out of 100, whatever. You know, I was just so proud to make them proud, mm -hmm. to make them, um, you know, appreciate what I was trying to do. And I had to, I had to compete with them, and they were way ahead of me, well yeah. beyond me. Um, but they always were gracious with their time and their wisdom. So they just That's awesome. try to impart on me any kind of knowledge to help me avoid any pitfalls along the way. But, and same thing, they didn't know my path was going yeah. where it was gonna go until maybe like college, um, you know, where we'd be breaking down games and stuff. And you know, there's a point that you reach. Uh, he's all right. Yeah, like, and also where you know more football than yeah. like your dad and your brothers, mm -hmm. just cause you've done it for yeah. so long and you're like, all right, guys. Like, thank you. Yeah. But I, it's the next I feel level. Like I got now. this one. Yeah. Like, I got this one. I appreciate what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I know you thought that guy was open, but, but he kind of wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a tough adjustment, you know. Yeah. So, those were uh, some growing pains with that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it was it was awesome. Just looking up to them and and trying to prove yourself yeah. to them. Are you guys all still super close to this? Oh my day? God. Uh, Nick's here in Miami. My brother Brandon's, everybody lives within 20 minutes oh, of each other. Awesome. And, um, you know, Nick's, Nick's got three kids. And before I had my son, we were at his house for games constantly, you know, every probably three, four times a month. So yeah. just about every weekend. Mm -hmm. And then now that I have my three-year-old boy, DJ's over there all the time. Yeah, all he yeah, wants yeah. to do is go hang with his cousins, mm -hmm. Uncle Brandon, Tio, Tio Brandon, and Tio Nick. So they're they're just, I mean, we're real tight. We're real, it's a Mexican cool. thing, dude. You yeah, know, yeah. you mess with one bean, you get the whole burrito. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. That's the same thing with us. Though. Our kids yeah. always like my it's daughter. Best. Wake you gotta up, be. You gotta I want to go to my cousins, or now yeah. we're back in New Jersey. Yeah. They're still in Massachusetts. Like, my cousins coming today? <laughs> Are they coming today? So That's awesome. I definitely. It's got to be like that, that for sure. Yeah. Speaking of college, what was it like for you leaving early? Yeah. Uh, and I saw like with Pete Carroll, oh, yeah. didn't Oof. think it was, you know what I mean? It was a great decision for you to leave. What's early, crazy but. is, um, so 
what people didn't understand is Pete came over the night before the draft or the night before that press conference and he walks in my apartment with In-N-Out Burger at like 11 at night. We stayed up till 3, 4 in the morning before this uh, press conference the next morning. And I told him, like, when he got there, like, I made up my mind. And he knew what was going on. And he is <laughs> so Pete. He's trying to tell me why I should stay. And then we just talk about family and life and sports and his journey and it was one of the coolest conversations, but he was competing his ass off yeah. to keep me there. Back and I was competing my ass off to just stand my ground because yeah. he's convincing. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's a psych major at UOP. Like mm. he, he knows, he knows how to talk to young kids mm. and how to mold their minds. And he was, I mean, he was fighting, man. Yeah. And I respected him so much for that. Mm. Um, and it was never That's like cool. hard feelings about anything. He said, listen, in the press conference tomorrow, I'm going to say, that I don't necessarily agree with you. Mm-hmm. That's not to say you're not going to go be successful. Mm-hmm. That's not to say I don't wish you mm-hmm. success. He's just just know like this is I where I'm coming from. Yeah. I said yeah, we're cool. So when it the way it came mm-hmm. off, it looked so bad to everybody else because they weren't in that conversation. I got you. So I didn't take it personally. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I felt it was respect. Like he wants me back, yeah. and I appreciate that. And he's looking out for me, saying statistically the numbers don't look great mm-hmm. for you to make this decision and i appreciated his input because everybody else would just say yeah Go follow your it. heart yeah, or, you know like yeah, yeah. do whatever you honest, think yeah yeah so i appreciated and reasonable minds disagree that's yeah. a fact and so, that's the background people don't get no doubt that relationship no doubt. quarterback head coach <laughs> then the media got it and it's, it was just like wow what know. an asshole yeah. you know <laughs> as like, you know whoa he called me that day like four hours later after the thing he goes Holy cow! This thing—that's not what I wanted. Took on to a life of its own. I'm so sorry. I was like, "Why are you a pot? Are talk. you kidding me? Yeah. Like, don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it." So yeah. it was—it uh, was no hard feelings. Listen, he was one of the best coaches I've ever been around, if not the best. And um, I owe him a lot, man. He was it, uh, one of my favorite peace stories. We're in the Rose Bowl. There's—we're uh, playing against Penn State in '09, and. Um, uh, it's like a third and short, kind of third quarter. Game's still kind of in the balance. We're about to break this thing open and, mm-hmm. and end it. And we needed this third down conversion because we felt the momentum and we're starting to roll. And he grabbed me. We called the timeout. He grabbed me. And while we're going over which plays on the wristband we thought we were going to do. And it was kind of like that a third and a long three, third and four. Yeah. So it was like, do we just run it? Do, do we, we go run, run yeah. past check? Do we want to, like, sprint you out? Mm-hmm. It's just a weird mm-hmm. spot. So we could burn a timeout and start talking. And then he just grabbed me away from Sarkeesian and walked me around. And he goes, is this great or what? Put his arm <laughs> around me and said, this is great or what? And I said, what? Which, which play? Well, play. Yeah. And he said, no, no, no. This just is everything. The he goes, four years ago, I was in your living room. Your mom, your dad, your brothers. What did we say? We said we're going to be right here in the Rose Bowl. Dang. Look around, man. Is this awesome or what? Breathe it in. Soak it in, man. I'm like, coach, we got a third <laughs> down. He said, I know. I know. He said, is this awesome or what? And I was just like, this dude's it's crazy. Cool. <laughs> I'm like, what is his problem? We got we to gotta convert. We gotta go, you know? yeah. And that, cool, that ended up being just even right after that game, I was like, wow. Yeah. I can't believe he did that. He, he had the incredible. wherewithal. He had the yeah. understanding. You know, he just had so much wisdom, and mm-hmm. he's been there and, yeah. and seen it, felt it, tasted it. So I, that was one of my favorite memories from school. I, I just appreciate him quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure. You look back over your 10-year career, uh, in the league, what would you say was your fondest memory 
uh, of just playing throughout your pro career? No um, name any Patriot and Jets game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what wasn't was that Monday night beatdown <laughs> that y'all put on us. Um, let's think here. I think the divisional game against the Chargers mm. was probably one of them. Um, that one, or even the the AFC, um, the wild card game. The week before that, we go to Cincinnati. We beat Cincinnati mm-hmm. after uh, the last game in the Meadowlands mm-hmm. before they build the new stadium, the new MetLife Stadium. We win 38 nothing. We beat the brakes oh, off. Yeah. Then we got to go play them the next week at their place. Mm-hmm. Same team. I was like, this is weird. Yeah. So I think we ended up winning like 15 to 10. or It was such a weird game. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't throw a touchdown. We're on the goal line. We end up having like a walk-in like blast, like goal line blast called. It was a no-brainer walk-in, and I try to throw like a little quick one-step slant to Jericho Cotri. Bro, Thomas Jones almost ripped my head off. He literally grabbed me, and he goes, yo, you do some shit like that again, and I'll beat your ass in front of everyone. <laughs> and he was a scary dude. You know Thomas Jones. Big as hell, yeah. All he, muscle. He scared the hell out of me. He was, the, he was the locker right next to me. We might have said maybe 10 things to each other. All year. And usually it was just like, hurry up, do your press, rookie, because you're crowding my space. Like, that's like kind of like Dang. how it went. Towards the end of the year, like, he got a lot cooler yeah. and, like, saw that I was, you know, I was trying to work hard mm-hmm. and be a team guy and all that. But, dude, that was... Oh my God, he scared the hell out of me. Next play, we hand it off. It's a walk-in touchdown. <laughs> oh my God, he's like, I'm gonna kill you. It's funny, man. What What did the the Jets Patriots rivalry mean to yeah. you uh, with your time in New York? Honestly, I didn't realize what the kind of team we were playing against. And the only thing I can liken it to is the way we were at USC. That mm-hmm. kind of like feeling when you get on the field. And I haven't talked to people there other than maybe Kevin O'Connell, but there was there was a there's a confidence up there. And it's in my opinion, this is from an outsider perspective, that you step on the field, you're more prepared, and you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do what it takes to win and you're not gonna lose the game. The other team's gonna lose the game. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna be on the winning side of it. That's what's going to happen. We will outlast you, we will outsmart you, we will understand all these situations and we're gonna win. That's that's the way I felt at USC, uh-huh. and that's the way it looks uh-huh. like it yeah. feels for you guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that because it was our second, third game that we played you at home, uh-huh. and um, this is my rookie year, so right before oh, you were there, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we win at home, and everybody on the outside's freaking out. Oh, like, holy, oh my God, we beat the Patriots, and, and listen, Tom Brady was awesome quarterback at the time, but they. It wasn't what it is now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't realize. Then we go play up there around Thanksgiving, and I basically put Lee Bodden in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Threw him three, three balls. Just like, he, I saw him at Super Bowl in Miami that yeah. year. And he said, yo, bro, thanks. He's <laughs> like, let me know if I can get you a drink. I was He's like, an a-hole, too, so I, I can see dude. him doing I was that. Like, sweet, dude, thanks. And my brother was right there. He's like, who's that? I was like, Lee Bodden. He goes, oh. <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. So it just... Things built and built, and um, then the after the Monday night beatdown, like we talked about, oh, my God. That, we beat you guys again at home the next mm-hmm. year, the second yeah. year. Yep. So at home, we had your number. On the road, mm-hmm. you guys kicked our ass. That's all Bill talked about. Like, Dude, when we were playing, it was like, no uh, matter y'all record, the media would ask, and we were getting a squad meeting, and he'd take it out on us. 
Like, listen, I don't know whatever you think of these guys, but the last, and he would go, yeah. years we were there, they beat yeah. us this way, that way. So, and I'll tell, I'll tell you guys, I still remember my rookie year, 2010, we beat them, like he said, that Monday night. He so throws the ball to LT in the flat. They score so a touchdown. And the Monday night game, I, I got an interception on them. So I'm running around doing the jet because Antonio Holmes <laughs> yeah. had talked trash that so week. Like, trash. if they put the rookie on me, I'm going to – so then they scored a touchdown in the playoff game. Mark's <laughs> beelining at me, running with the jet, hits me with his arm. I try to knock his arm down. He just keeps running to celebrate Dude. as if I wasn't there. I was so pissed. I was so like, messed up. Yeah, but oh my good God. times. That was a good rivalry. It was man. a really good rivalry. We had a lot of fun. fun man. Before we get into the Super Bowl retirement life, what's it like? What do you have going on these days? Um, you know, I'm thankful that, that uh, the media side kind of fell into place because mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of guys – leave the game and not have necessarily a plan and I was you know kind of teetering on what I wanted to do mm -hmm. I'm just glad I jumped into something right away mm -hmm. because um, I mean you guys are still playing so you'll feel it later on you're already like segueing you know mm -hmm. but um, I wish I would have done a little more of that before I used yeah you know I got into the like I bounced around to different teams wasn't as successful as I thought I could have been circumstances were difficult and mm -hmm. I just kind of like Got in a shell. Yeah, it was just yeah, like, yeah. no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, uh -huh. I won't do that interview, or no, I won't go do that speaking appearance mm -hmm. or whatever. I just did a bunch of charity stuff and just kind of mm -hmm. was in the shadows in the background. And um, I guess that's probably my only regret yeah. with stuff like that because it's not just the on-field success. Like, I know who I am as a player. Mm -hmm. Things didn't work out. That's the way it goes. And I should still be myself. So, so now yeah. when I go see people, they hadn't talked to me in maybe six, yeah. five, six years. Mm. They're like, whoa, you're kind of funny. Yeah. You're, you're a pretty normal guy. I said, yeah, like nothing's changed. They're like, well, we just haven't heard from you. Yeah. So mm. we didn't know. You know? How's, the, so, uh, how's the podcast with the fourth and forever been starting been, that up? It's been really cool. Mm -hmm. I think um, being able to get some pretty cool guests, having, um, you know, Malka a part of the whole thing, mm -hmm. like you guys know. They're first class, man. Yeah. They, they do a really, really good job, and they, you know, they're doing the, all the smoke with uh, Matt Barnes and yep. um, and Stephen Jackson. Jackson. So, they, I mean, they're just a machine cranking out mm -hmm. these podcasts. So I'm very fortunate to have partnered with them, uh, and then with um, with Adam Ray, the comedian. He makes it fun, man. He's <laughs> he's hilarious. I was I didn't know what to think. I've seen him do stand up, and mm -hmm. he was in a lineup with some heavy hitters in comedy uh bill burr joey diaz like he was sandwiched right in between them at the at the comedy store i think on sunset and i was like whoa dude Held his own what is he gonna do and he went in there and crushed yeah. it i was so impressed so impressed he had the crowd going bananas so um that was that was reassuring and then he's been awesome the whole time so the media thing doing uh, abc espn has really helped because when you don't have anything to do, I feel like guys get lost For sure. and you kind of lose sure. your identity mm -hmm. and all that. And so you got to remember football is something you do. It's not necessarily who mm -hmm. you are, um, but it's a big part of your life. So the transition's not easy. That's I'm dope. just, I've had a lot of help. So yeah, that's good. That's yeah. awesome. And before we let you out of here, yeah. we got to ask who you got in the Super Bowl, who and why? <sighs> I'd like to see Kansas City win for Andy Reid. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes. They should have been in the Super Bowl last year. I don't know about that. <laughs> We need to get J Mac one. What did I say? Other teams are gonna lose, right? Yeah. Yep. Teams don't always win games. Teams lose games. That's the games. first thing Bill says. First meeting. We can't In win until we win, stop from losing. Stop That's from right. Got it. So listen, you guys know it better than anybody, but I feel like they could have been there last year. So uh, this is kind of their 
Redemption. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a redemption thing for them. I feel like, dude, Mahomes is, is a bad man. What? Bad man. Like, I don't even, I'm, I'm trying to, we talk about it all year. I talk with Jonathan Vilma about it a lot because he was um, doing our ABC college mm-hmm. stuff, and we just start talking pro ball inevitably. I'm like, what do you even what do you even say to guys? Because these plays are covered. Mm-hmm. They ran sprint right mm-hmm. option, the little sprint right quick, you know, three to five step, and it's a quick out, and then like the mm-hmm. out return or the mm-hmm. curl, whip, whatever. It's covered. It's covered for five, six seconds. And then the DBs are like, okay, what do we do? What do we, what do, do? we do? Watching him, boom, and he just slips the ball. I was like, yep. no way. Mm-hmm. What are you going to tell him? You can't, give him you can't grade him down. Yeah. Like, they did fine. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, man. So it seems like some of these plays too are just like a starting point for him, mm-hmm. and then he goes off Wherever script, goes. and then their team's we, like a freaking yeah. track team. We, They're like we, a four by we know four by four <laughs> team, bro. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's um, matching up with them is so tough. It's no joke. So I, I just feel like that will, at some point, kind of break the 49ers defense. Yeah. At yeah. some point, it, they're gonna figure out a way. They're too fast. Um, and I mean, unless you, uh, the only thing I thought of is if you just play coverage and make Mahomes do it over mm-hmm. and over. Make him go 10 to 13 play drives and convert two to three third downs every single times, drive. Yeah. And just, okay, they did it, yep. do it again. Yep. They did it, do it again. Mm-hmm. Like For sure. I don't know, unless you're going to try and confuse him and then you get confused too. I don't know. Or try and scram- make him scramble only mm-hmm. one way so you know, like, okay, if anything breaks yeah. down, they're going, going right mm-hmm. yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I can come up with. So I just think... I hope it's a high-scoring affair for fans and stuff. I know you defenders hate yeah, that. Yeah. Vilma uh, hates we, I was okay last year. year. I was okay with last year. 13 That was like the most exciting A-OK. Super Bowl for you. <laughs> exactly. Everybody else at home was like, Exactly. Man. So I, I think they win. I hope it's high-scoring. I think they win by a field goal, like squeak it out. So we'll see. Yeah. Who you got? I, I think I'm going to roll with San Fran because Damn. of their front four. Um, I think watching uh, the game versus Tennessee, they weren't able to get any pressure on him. And when you don't get pressure on him, like you just said, with his 4x4 four four team and his ability to run pass, it's, it's tough. And he can make every single throw yeah. off his back foot rolling yeah. out. Uh, but I think they'll be able to get pressure without uh, without blitzing, which is going to be big because they'll be able to keep the rest of those guys in coverage. And I think uh, their ability on offense to run the ball, to limit the amount of possessions uh, that Mahomes has, I think will come up huge. And um, I'm a defensive guy. So defense wins of championships. Course, of so course. I'm definitely I'm, I'm going to roll with San Francisco, and I think they're going to have to score early, and they're going to yeah. have to play from ahead. Um, because if they don't, then uh, we'll have to see another side of Garoppolo sure. that we haven't seen in the playoffs yeah. so far of him really putting the game in his hands and going sure. out there and doing you, it. So. You two might have to go into coaching, man. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to just say on this podcast, I'm going to pick Kansas City probably throughout the week. I'll probably pick San Francisco <laughs> too. I'll be all over the place, but for today. I'm going with what Mark said. I got Kansas totally City. Totally unreliable Come Monday, come Monday he's only going to get the clips on hey, the I, show. I, 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 I knew it. I told y'all. That's how you do it, man. That's how you Smart. do it. But, man, we appreciate you stopping appreciate by, you guys. man. Thank Great you. having you, man. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Double coverage. We appreciate everybody watching this. This, you know, one-timer, you know, getting to do this. So. Special edition, baby. Yeah, Miami. special edition. Miami, we're going to go enjoy some sun while we're out here, man. We're going to do a little tanning. <laughs>